Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Patricia. My name is Aaron. And today on the show, as we mentioned from last week, because we were going on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever on a whole bunch of topics, we decided we were going to just strictly have this episode focusing on the nominations for the 2021 Game Awards. Yeah, there so, are a lot so, of nominations. Yeah, so those who uh, weren't aware of the uh, the, the previous episode, uh, we ran into a bit of a brick wall where, like, it was uh, late at night. And sorry, that's my phone going off. Um, it was it was late at night when we were recording the episode, and uh, we realized that we we're going to do the uh, video game nominations. Not realizing uh, that there was like thirty, you know, uh, different sections for this, and uh, so um, I, we just said, "Look, there's no way we're going to get through it all and do it all justice." And it was already going into like two and a half hours by the time we got to the end of the podcast. So it was like, "Let's just uh, leave it until you know the next episode," and we promise everybody we'll do it then. So uh, one thing I should just to note just before why should we begin? Uh, we are going to talk about the uh, the other video game uh award show that so that, that was taking place and uh, but also i believe i should bring up the uh previous uh poll i think that we did and actually just to see actually if we actually got any uh any responses out of it because uh, i mean for those of you who do not know i mean i posted up this poll just to try to test it out but i realized that actually there's no real way for actually for me as um someone who subscribes to the podcast on spotify to actually find the poll because I don't know where it is. So I don't know if anybody has managed to respond to it or not, or managed to like do anything with it. But uh, I was going to have a look at it now and just to see if anybody actually did um, respond to the poll that we put out last week. So the poll that we asked everybody uh, was, uh, which upcoming Pixar movie is the best Pixar movie? We asked if it was going to be, it was going to be Lightyear or is it going to be Turning Red? And uh, Lightyear got 0%. And turning red got zero percent because nobody knows how to vote in this poll, including <laughs> the people who actually run this podcast. So um, yeah, it's like it's like a Muppet sketch, isn't it? It's kind of like uh, oh, yeah. here's the uh, here's the poll, but uh, nobody knows how to vote in it, so nobody, so everyone got zero percent. So uh, you know, Kang and Kodos basically build the death rate to uh, basically annihilate a planet they never heard of. So there we go. Okay, so I'll tell you what, um, I will do the poll, and I will do it on. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, a poll well, website. Well, the, the only reason I did the poll, I mean, we could easily just do one on Twitter. I mean, that's not a that's not a difficult thing. But uh, I mean, I only wanted to test out this whole anchor poll to see actually if you, if you actually anyone actually voted in or not. But uh, apparently not. So. Uh, that's a shame. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to find the answer another way and another time. But yeah, okay. in the meanwhile, uh, we have a lot of nominations to go through. And if we have just enough time, then we'll mention the winners of the Golden Joystick Awards, which happened around, I believe, last week or just a few days ago. So yeah, there's a lot to go through. And we might even skim a lot of these because I'm sure that there are some games or some content creators or any of the source that we have no uh, recollection of and so the ones that we will talk about then we will go in depth so well, i mean like any any ones that we you know uh, one thing we're thinking of doing is, is that if we're going to do this on a regular basis the same way that we do none of the above for the nickelodeon kids choice awards i mean like any nominations that we kind of don't have an opinion on we'll just say none of the above and sure. uh, we'll just uh, we'll leave it at that so i think uh, so this is um none of the above gaming 2021 i think we can okay say. yes yeah. none of the above the game awards 2021 edition 
Yeah. So. Uh, All right. Yeah. So let's get started. Now, usually I like to tell uh, game of the year last because, I mean, that is like the one kind of like in the Oscars. It's like that's the big one. That's the one that everybody's going to go through. So. I have the Game Awards website up right now, and I went all the way towards number 30 out of 30, which is the last one, because number one is Game of the Year. So we're going to go backwards. So if you're going to be casting your vote, thegameawards.com slash nominees, then you can be able to cast your vote on your personal opinion on these particular games and these events. So we're going to start off with number 30, and we're going to go from here. So the first category, or the last category in this website's case, Best esports event, recognizing an event across single or multiple days that delivered a best of class experience for participants and the broadcast audience. And the nominees are the 2021 League of Legends World Championship, the International 2021, PGL Major Stockholm 2021, the PUBG Mobile Global Championship 2020, and the Valorant Champions Tour Stage 2 Masters. Now, I'm not much of an esports person, so I don't really, I haven't watched any of these. Neither am I. And, uh, you know, here's my, you know, thoughts on like esports just in general is that I can't, I mean, I, I can understand that uh, there's a lot of people who do want to watch this the same way that people watch football and uh, people watch, uh, you know, other like, you know, real sports games and things like that. But uh, in regards to the whole idea of me as a gamer, kind of like sitting down and watching other people play games, it's, uh, I mean, like, um, unless it's like, you know, we're in a, you know, like we're just like taking turns in like in a single player game. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I just can't seem to watch esports. So it's, uh, it's just, it's a thing that just seems to be for a particular generation. I keep this in mind, you know, me and Patricia are 90s kids. So like, you know, like uh, the, yeah. the idea of esports back in the 90s, like, you know, I think probably the closest thing we had to it probably the Nintendo World Championship, something. I was going to say the same thing. Yes, the Nintendo yeah. World Championship. Yeah. Does Sega have had their own version of the Nintendo World Championship? I wouldn't be surprised if Sega did. I mean, Nintendo has had a couple of them over the years. I remember there was like years ago when they had like a, a Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening one where they actually got to play it in a train. Uh, there was the uh, Star Fox one where you got to play, you know, fly in like di different types of rings. Uh, there was the Donkey Kong Country one. So I don't know if Sega's ever done one. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I have I, to definitely look that up. I'm sure it probably there probably is a competition out there somewhere, and uh, no doubt, you know, like uh, which we really I mean, maybe somewhere in Europe there probably would have been because you know Sega was dominating Europe at that time. Yeah, you know, so, Sega the, was uh, a huge console in Europe compared to Nintendo, exactly. and even then they even brought back the World Championship twice. I remember. Uh, one of them was uh, 2015 or 2016 or something or of the sword where they had like Splatoon and they had Super Smash Brothers and they had well, um, if you remember that was uh, the Splatoon uh, tournaments was when the they first started bringing out the uh, you know the uh, the vocal no, not the vocaloids I mean like I guess you could say they're vocaloids I guess you could say you know like the whole like uh, they did the whole like um, you know virtual reality uh, uh, concerts with like the Squid Sisters and Off the Hook and yeah. things like that and that was the first time they went to europe and uh, then ever since then i think a lot of nintendo fans have been asking yeah come out of japan come come tour like in america and stuff like that and uh yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah i don't expect yeah i said this previously i don't expect them to play the metlife stadium any chance anytime soon but seriously <laughs> you know go to go to comic-con you know seriously i think everyone will really get a kick out of that i think yeah exactly and now it's been announced as of like two weeks ago that nintendo is going to be doing their official super smash brothers tournament like 
unbelievable, right? It's um, like, what a concept that officially Nintendo will do one as opposed to like, you know, I don't know, like some major tournaments that they always throw every year. So yeah, uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I guess this will be our first um, uh, instance where we take a look into every single one of these categories. So League of Legends, no um, introduction there. I mean, for those who don't know, League of Legends is, um, I believe it's a mobile game that you play like a real-time strategy. International 2021 is a Dota Pro Circuit tournament. Um, PUBG, I remember that that was kind of like the third-person shooter where there was like multiple people playing it. I remember that it was kind of like huge until Fortnite took it over. Um, and as for like the other ones, I'm not too familiar with it. So I think for me, this will be my first none of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in regards to, uh, I mean, I think so. What's which one's the South Asian one? The uh, or the uh, Far Eastern one. Sorry, the what? The which one's the Far Eastern one? Because they usually they usually they're well powerful. A lot of people like uh, you know the uh, the Korean teams always like you know pretty much dominate. Pretty much, mm. pretty well, I mean, I'm taking a look at, uh, in, okay, so I took a look at the League of Legends one. Uh, I took a look at International 2021. So let me just quickly look I at. Think I think even now thinking about it, I think it's International 2021. I think as uh, a lot of the uh, ones, at least that I've kind of like poked at, like uh, they were playing like Counter-Strike and uh, StarCraft 2 and uh, they were playing, yeah. more, they, they weren't playing League of Legends as far as I'm aware when I was like watching, last watching them. Yeah, it was in, uh, it was the, the location was in Bucharest. So that oh, was okay. the, the Korean one. Uh, it was originally supposed to be in Sweden, but due to COVID, that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I'm going to look at the other one. So the other one was um, Major Stockholm, which I guess that's Sweden. So that's another one. Uh, PUBG Mobile Global Tournament. So I'm going to see where that one is at. Okay. Uh, I don't know if um, Korea uh, did that one. I, I doubt it at this point because, um, I don't know, is South Korea huge in PUBG or do they play more Fortnite? I have no idea. I think it's, it's been a while since I've... Uh... I've checked those guys out, but as far as I'm aware, like uh, they were playing, they're playing pretty pretty competitive games, at least from from what I can see. If they're playing the newer ones now, it's in in composition, then uh, yeah, that would do surprise me too much. But uh, okay, well, I'll that say was it located... is, I, don't, I don't think they're playing Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl or anything like that. I think no, uh, no, 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 <laughs> absolutely not. Um, anyway, it says right here that it was located in the United Arab Emirates. So no, that's not a Korean one. Now let me look at Valorant Champions Tour Stage Two Masters. That's a long name. Ooh, okay. So that one was located in, um, it says offline German tournament. So it was in Germany. Oh, so okay. I guess, okay. So I guess none of them were around South oh, but Korea. Offline. I mean, like, I guess that was, uh, I guess that was a land tournament, I guess. I something yeah, I guess that's true. That's uh, I didn't look up where the, um, the League of Legends one was. So let me just look at that one really quick yeah. right before we close it off. Um, that was located at... The Loggers Shoals Sports Center in Iceland. So, nope, no South <laughs> Korean uh, tournaments this year. Okay, well, a lot I'll, of just them say, are I'll, I'll just say none of the above then. So, okay, let's, all right, so let's move on to our next category. Okay, so again, we're going back into esports because we don't know anything about the esports game. So, best esports coach, the esports coach judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2021. And the nominees are. Um, Erat Silent Gassiev, Andre Ing uh, Sholokov, Andre B1AD3, I think it's pronounced Blade from the looks of it, uh, Horinsky, James Crowder Crowder, and Kim 
Kyoma Jongkyon. I have heard so, none. Of, I've heard of none of these people. I've so, never heard of. Uh, again, we we just said it earlier. We're not familiar with esports, so just, we don't know anything. about the just coaches. being a coach, though, for a, a video game. You know, like, uh, and don't get me wrong. Like, uh, there's there's been those there's been game masters, and they've been like, uh, you know, the uh, uh, what was his name who uh, used to do the. Uh, the there used to be a guy who used to be on Game Network uh, when it was around back in the uh, back in the two thousands, and mm-hmm. uh, he would uh, you know he would basically give you tips and tricks like how to like beat games and stuff like that, and so like, oh, okay, he would, he would kind of like what with those like old VHS tapes of like where you got to learn about like tips and tricks from Nintendo or something like that. Exactly, right? yeah. So like uh, there was those types of. Uh, you know, uh, people who were there, but uh, I mean, like in regards to like, I mean, esports coaches, no doubt there's probably, they probably got them and everything like that, but, uh, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it, yeah, <laughs> I could imagine being a coach for a game. That's all I can say. So. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure it's very similar to like uh, being a coach of a sporting event. It's like, you know, you want to be it able is, to make- Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just the whole visual of it, I think is uh, pretty. Yeah. But again, just like with the esports, I'm going to have to say none of the above with this one. Sure. All right, let's go to the next category. Uh, uh, another esports. So, recognize a specific esports, not the full organization, judged the most outstanding for performance in conduct in 2021. Um, so- why would that be? I mean, why would that constitute an award, though? Because, like, isn't the idea like the esports get, you know, tournaments themselves? Like, you know, would they, would they, the winners would basically be. You know, why would maybe that... they were the maybe I think these were the winners of their respected esports. Okay. Uh, so okay, so the first the one is yeah. Atlanta Phase from Call of Duty. Okay. The second one is DWG KIA from League of Legends, Natus Vincier from Counter-Strike Global Offense, the Sentinels from Valorant, and Team Spirit from Dota 2. Um well, I mean, I don't know about the teams. So I guess I'll say none of the above again, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, but here's the thing about this. Like, you know, pitting all these teams who play different games against one another, like, in, a, in an award show, like... Uh, on top of that as well, like, I can only imagine, like, this is... A, by the way, this is like the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, isn't it? So, like, this is going to be, like... Uh, you know, a popularity who, contest. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So I mean, basically, the, the, the most popular game is going to get the... You know, is going to... No doubt is going to have... That team's basically going to win the award. So... Yeah, I mean, that's to be expected. And again, you know, because Aaron and I are not familiar with esports we cannot say for sure on who is the best one so let's just skip over to the next one and i think that uh oh never mind we have another esports category go on best esports athlete so we have specific people as opposed to like a group of people <laughs> athletes okay athlete. yeah yes like uh, he, they're up there with michael jordan and tiger woods is like you know uh or you know um you know uh dwayne, uh, dwayne the rock johnson or right. yeah well, I mean, yeah, before wrestling, of course. Well, he's, no, not wrestling, he's a wrestler in a while. Michael Jordan's a bit, you know, an entrepreneur. Now, yeah, okay, so, fine. Okay. okay. Michael Jordan, um, yeah. uh, Kobe Bryant, and uh, Will Chamberlain. Uh, like, you know, is, is any athlete, athlete, if you will, is going to be like there? Like, I uh, mean, you know okay. what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say too much because I know these people train really hard for these no, kind no, of no, events. Here's so. the thing about this. Like, it's like, uh, would you say a chess player was an athlete? I mean, like, uh, would you say, you know, uh, when you say a poker player was an athlete, I I don't know. I'm not the one who comes up with these names. I I I question it. That's all. I okay, fair enough. All right, the esports athlete judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2021, irrespective of the game. So the winner, I mean, the nominations are Chris Simth Lear from Atlanta Gaze. We have Heo Showmaker Sue Magomed Collapse Kalilov. 
um, Alexander Simple Kosliev and Tyson Tenz Gyo. So again, we're going with the benefit that we don't know anything about esports. We've never no. seen any of them, so we're going none of the above. Let's move on. Yes, please. Okay, I think this is our. I'm going to double check. Yes, this is our last esports event. Um, you know, nomination. Thank God. But this time it's the game. So okay. no people that we don't recognize. So the best esports game for the game that delivered the best overall esports experience to players, inclusive of tournaments, community support, and content updates, irrespective of genre or platform. And the nominations are Call of Duty, Counter Strike Global Offensive, Dota 2, League of Legends, and Valorant. Hmm. Um, I think uh, maybe Call of Duty might take this one. Maybe. I think mm. uh, it's, uh, I mean, like uh, Global Offensive, I found a bit clunky. Like uh, maybe people disagree with me on that. And uh, the other games I haven't played. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll probably say Call of Duty as well because it's the only one out of the list that I've actually played. I've never played Counter Strike. I've never played Dota, never played League of Legends, and I never played Valorant. So, yeah. yeah I'll, I think I'll Call of Duty ended up kind of like being the shooting game, I think, for everybody. But for me, like, you know, it was just, it was just a, you know, way around the corner and shoot somebody. Like, you know, that was just how I kind of played Call of Duty, really. I didn't really have like, a, you know, my, my favorite shooting games of all time have always been Halo, Gears of War, um, GoldenEye um half-life you know you know counter-strike and mm -hmm. uh, you know they're those they're those types of games they've always been my go-to shooting games but uh call you know and what uh, about doom call, call of Duty, yeah doom of course yeah of course doom and uh then um you know but besides that i never really said you know that um you know all, all the other ones you know i just don't feel you know, just uh, I mean, you know, when I, you know, when I say you know shooters, I mean like you know competitive shooters, things like that. Like, uh, I mean, Doom. I probably could grief. I probably played that on the last time I played multiplayer. If it was something like you know the you know the original Doom, I think the last time I played multiplayer on that was when I like dial up modems. I <laughs> like you know, I I've, I'll be honest, I've never played um a LAN. You know, a, you know that, that's what I really, really liked about the whole the whole LAN um. Or modem phenomenon because you know you can play games like that on there and uh, i think there's still stuff like that still going on today but uh, i mean it's been a while since i played quake online or i played uh, you know doom or uh, you know some of the old school you know shooters or anything yeah. like that and uh, so it's uh, yeah of course there's doom eternal of course it's doom 2016 but still sure all right so yeah that's that's pretty much it so let's move on so no more esports so thank god okay most anticipated game recognizing an announced game that has demonstrate um <clears throat> demonstrated a list um illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward and the nominations are elden ring from from software slash bandai namco god of war ragnarok from sony santa monica horizon forbidden west from gorilla the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild from Nintendo and Starfield from Bethesda. Um, I do apologize, baby. It's gone blank. So um, let's go for them again. Sorry. Sure. Uh, Elden Ring from From Software slash Bandai Namco. Not God of it. War Ragnarok from Sony Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Horizon Forbidden West from Gorilla. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild from Nintendo and Starfield from Bethesda. Well, we don't know enough about the, this, the, the Breath of the Wild sequel. So, like, I mean, yeah, but it, it's, the nominations are the most anticipated game. Well, God of War Ragnarok, we definitely know what we're in for, but yes, like, you know, Breath of the Wild, too, we don't ago. know yet. So, I would say that uh, God, maybe God of War is probably going to take it. 
Uh, God of War is my choice as well. I saw the trailer. I'm really excited about it, especially since it is about Ragnarok, uh, you know, basically the end of the world and the last war to end everything, as you guys know from Norse mythology. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this. And according to the director of Ragnarok, this is supposed to be the last game that takes place in the Norse mythology of God of War. So, that should be really interesting because a lot of games have taken place in like the Greek mythology. So, the fact that there are only going to be two games based off of Norse mythology, which means that something big is going to happen. So I'm actually really excited about this. Are you ready, boy? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's go over to the next category, which is best debut indie. For the best debut game created by a brand new independent indie studio. And the nominations are The Artful Escape from Beethoven and, and, and Dinosaur slash Annapurna. The Forgotten City from Modern Storyteller slash Dear Villagers, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits by Ember Lab, Sable by Shedwork slash Raw Fury, and Valheims by Iron Gate Studio slash Coffee Stain. You know, now, I haven't played any of these games. I, I feel like I have heard of a few of them, but I, can't, I gotta be honest. It's like, uh, you know, you're just browsing through social media and then you're just like, oh, hey, here's this game. It's like, oh, hey, this looks really fun. Okay, moving on. You know, like, uh, it's just, uh, I do apologize. I don't know, I've not really paid too much close attention to the independent scene since, uh, you know, um, some of the, uh, but I mainly hear from Game Grumps as well, like uh, some of the independent games that they play, and also Sony plays as well. So, a lot of the uh, indie games that yeah. I play are usually platformers or Metroidvanias. I don't usually go for like RPGs or um, simulators or anything like that. So yeah, I've, you know, shock surprise. I've never played Undertale or Deltarune and I've never delved into um, Stardew Valley. I know yeah. that's like the I mean, worst. I'm the I, worst I, person. I, I play mods really of like, uh, I don't think they really count. Like I play a lot of Half-Life mods and uh, I played like Doom mods and things like that, but uh, they're not really in any games really no they're not yeah Yeah, i'm sorry guys i'm just gonna have to go none of the above for this one because i don't know any of these games i mean i would love to in the future but for now i'm gonna have to say none of well they're as good as they they say they are i'm sure we'll hear about them somewhere down the line Sure, sure. Okay, next one is content creator of the year. For a streamer or content creator who made an important and positive impact on the community in 2021. And the nominations are Dream, uh, Fusli, let's see, um, Ibai, Greg G, or Gref G, I don't know, uh, okay, interesting, and Gowls. I have never heard of these people, so I can't say anything. Yeah, sorry. So I get, but you know, like in regards to uh, content creators and things like that, like uh, uh, it's nice that they're getting their own, um, you know, uh, car, you know, they're getting their own category. I guess. Yeah, I mean, even, so, even Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards are not are noticing content creators as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, good, good on them. That's all I can yeah, say. absolutely, good on them. I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah. All right, but yeah, again, none of the above. Sorry, guys. Okay, next one is best multiplayer for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. And the nominees are Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. I've not played any of these games. Neither have I. Okay. I've heard I've have heard a lot of people play a lot of Monster Hunter games. I have followed a few people online who have played them like Quarter Guy and various others, but 
Um, I've never played Monster Hunter. I mean, I've heard about Back for Blood. I think it's supposed to be like a sequel to um, one of the, the the Blood games. But again, I've never played any of them. Um, Knockout City, it looks like a glorified soccer game. Um, and I've t- it takes two from the looks of it. It looks like a snowboarding game. And as for like New World and Valheim, I'm not familiar with them. So I'm not sure what to say about that. I mean, I am familiar with Monster Hunter with, um, you know, the people that I follow online. So maybe I'll say that. So I'll probably choose Monster Hunter Rise. Mm, I have no idea. Okay, I'll, I'll leave that for none of the above for you. Okay. okay, next one is best sports slash racing game for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. And the nominees are F1 2021, which is a racing game, FIFA 22, which is a soccer game, Forza Horizons 5, which is a racing game, Hot Wheels Unleashed, which is a racing game, and Riders Republic, which is... Um, Another racing game, but with bikes as opposed to cars. Um, so, yeah, we have four racing games and a soccer game. I think we could rule out Hot Wheels, I think, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Like, uh, as far as I mean, that sounds like a ridiculous idea for it. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, uh, you know, there's uh, Rocket League and things like that, but so uh, which I thought it was going to be something that Hot Wheels would do, but uh, I highly doubt, I think. Uh, that's going to be a winner for me. I think, uh, you know, everyone's still into FIFA, even though that's, you know, somewhere, you know, somewhere soon, uh, you know, uh, EA is going to lose the license for it. And so now they're going to come up with uh, an idea of uh, what they're going to do next. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with um, any of these games. I mean, I know about Forza. I've heard about it. A lot of people talk about it. I have heard about FIFA, obviously, because I knew a lot of people who played it back then. But yeah, I'm not too familiar with any of these. I mean, I guess I could just choose maybe uh, FIFA just for the sake of it. But, you know, I don't know. So I'll probably just do a none of the above for me. Yeah. All right, next one, we have best sim slash strategy game. Best game focusing on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay, um, irrespective of platform. And the nominees are Age of Empires 4, Evil Genius 2, World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've heard of Evil Genius too. I've heard a lot of chatter about it. I think uh, so. I guess uh, I've not played it myself, but um, you know, if, uh, I say that uh, there's a lot of my fa- my followers who uh, currently talk about it. So I guess that's probably what I'm going to go for. Okay, I'm probably going to go for Age of Empires four because my cousin was a huge fan of Age of Empires back in the day. My um, brother's more of a Civ rather than Age of Empires, so uh, he, he he prefers he prefers uh, uh, Civilization to, uh, to Age okay, of that's fair. Yeah. All right, then. So I'm just going to go to the next category. Uh, Best family game for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. And the nomination back in the day, uh, Nintendo Wii would have dominated this character. category. Uh, By the way, guess a lot of guess what a lot of the game nominations are. There are a lot of Nintendo games, which is not too surprising. Yeah. So let's take let's talk about them. So the nominees are It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars. New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare Get It Together. So four Nintendo games. I'm not familiar with It Takes Two. Maybe that's a Nintendo game as well. But yeah, a lot of these are like first party Nintendo games. 
Yeah, so I think uh, safe to say well, whoever whoever uh, wins is going to be a Nintendo game. So, well, uh, yeah, I'm just going to check. Yeah, okay, I'm looking Nintendo it up right game. now, and um, it takes two as pub as developed by Hazelight Studios and published by EA. So they're not Nintendo. So yeah, EA's not going to win I, it. I, EA makes really mundane games. If they win a game award, the only thing I expect them to win is probably like the FIFA 2022 game. Besides that, they aren't going to get anything else. Mm. So. Uh, let's see. I mean, that's a good. I think that maybe well, I haven't um heard a lot of people talking about mario party superstars i've heard a lot of people saying some good things about mario 3d world and warrior where get it together so if i have to choose i'll probably choose uh, 3d world plus bowser's fury mm-hmm. okay i'll go with 3d world as well okay let's go to the next one best fighting game for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat and the nominations are demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba the hinokama chronicles guilty gear strife melty blood type lumina nickelodeon all-star brawl and virtual fighter 5 ultimate showdown hmm i think uh, um i think virtual fighter i think is uh, i mean it's not it doesn't the name i've heard for a while yeah, I haven't heard of that name in ages. Yeah, so um, I think um, I'll just give him a nod. Just for, uh... I will give a nod to Guilty Gear because when I was a member of Wolvolution back around the early to mid-2000s, Guilty Gear was one of the games that a lot of my friends used to play. So I'll probably choose that. So yeah, that's my choice. All right, next category, we have best role-playing game. For the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. And the nominations are Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei V, and Tales of Arise. Hmm. Well, I was saying Monster Hunter was getting a lot of buzz, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Cyberpunk has been a disaster. I mean, yeah, like, I've heard yeah. a lot of people giving negative reviews on Cyberpunk because how has that made it to the Game Awards? Like, you know, it was such a it was such a letdown when it when it when it well when to it be fair, out. it's had a lot of patches and updates since then. So maybe a lot of people are looking back on it more fondly. Very similar to how people felt about um, various other games that we'll talk about later in the nominations. By the way, so stay tuned. Yeah, but uh, good grief! Like, uh, I mean, this is like. Uh, um, I don't want to sound insulting, but this is like a, a really, uh, this is like a, a celebrity that had nothing to go for her to begin with. And now it's like, if, if it's true that it's been patched to hell, it's like, it sounds like, you know, it's, uh, they basically just walked into like, you know, a, a plastic factory, just had the whole lot done and just walked out again. And like now they look, you know, passable. So mm. like, uh, well, I don't know because I've never played it. Uh, my vote is actually going to go to Shin Megami Tensei Five because um, I know a lot of my friends who are huge fans of the Shin Megami Tensei series as well as the Persona games. So I've heard a lot of people saying a lot of positive reviews of it. So I'm going to go with that one. Sure. All right. Next one, we have best action slash adventure game. Now, this is one that I'm very familiar with. For the best action slash adventure game, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. So we have Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Now, this is much better for me because I actually know about a lot of these games. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, you know, in regards to... Um, I think I'm going to go Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil Village has been huge, I think, uh, in regards to uh, people talking about it. People are, like, really into, like, you know, the, that female characters, like, like, that massive lady and everything. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, which we'll, we'll talk about later on, by the way. Oh, really? 
Cool. Yes, well, you'll you'll see. Um, okay, now I probably would be biased by saying I want Metroid Dread to win this one because I just want Metroid Dread to be recognized. But oh man, Psychonauts two and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart are in the nominations, and that's so hard because I'm a huge fan of Psychonauts and I love the Ratchet and Clank series. And yeah, I, I do apologize, everyone. Like I'm trying to follow along with Patricia in regards to, like all the nominations on my phone because for those of you who do not know, my get my uh, 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 studio PC has just died. So uh, I mind to just do this all off my laptop and off my uh, my phone at the moment. So I do apologize, everybody. So I'm trying to follow along with where Patricia, where which uh, website are you looking at for all the nominations? Thegameawards.com/slash/nominations. Which, if you let me share the screen, I can you can actually see it, so you can actually like view the nominations. Tell you what, actually, that would help. So uh, yeah. You can, so you can and uh, so while you do that. That's really hard because I've heard a lot of good reviews on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, where the game is about, um, you know, Ratchet and uh, Clank, they're, you know, going off on their regular adventures, but then Clank gets separated into a separate dimension and meets up with um, the uh, equivalent of the Lady Lombax, which is essentially Ratchet in another universe, except she's a woman. And I've heard a lot of really, really good reviews on that one. Psychonauts 2 was a game that I never thought would exist because, um, you know, the, the first Psychonauts game was a major failure when it came to like sales and it's just stuck around as being a cold classic, but it wasn't until a Kickstarter campaign happened where um, Tim Schafer was able to raise the money so that they can be able to make Psychonauts 2. And from what I've been hearing, and we even talked about this in Aaron and Patricia a while back, that the wait was absolutely worth it because it has been critically praised. And Metroid Dread, a lot of people really, really love that game, except for David Jaffe because reasons. Anyway, but uh, I, I cannot be... Uh, I don't know because I would sound biased if I said Metroid Dread, but I'm going to go with Metroid Dread. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Metroid. Uh, Me- Metroid Dread, I think, deserves some um, does deserve some uh, some praise, definitely not. But I think compared to Resident Evil Village, everyone's you know hooping and hollering about that right now. So I think uh, that that wouldn't surprise me if uh, that was going to be that. So, but by the way, uh, I'm just looking at the. Uh, sorry, but I can't get the screen to share from what. That's I okay. See, well, I, I'll I'll but, show you the screen. Is this better? Oh, um, well. Okay, your um, I mean, your website looks way different from the one I'm looking at. Yeah, I think it's different from mobile phones compared to like the actual website itself. Okay, then that's then that's so strange. All yeah, right, I don't well, know. Okay. All right, well, let's just move on. So, next category is best action game for the best game in the action genre, focusing primarily on combat. And the nominations are Back for Blood, Chivalry Two, Death Loop, Far Cry Six, and Returnal. Uh, Far Cry 6, I think I'll definitely go with that because uh, that's um, that actually has been getting some uh, some some big buzz in that regard. Yeah. So yeah, I'll probably go for Far Cry 6 as well. Even though I would give a nod for Back for Blood because if you remember, uh, the person that we almost got a hold of for Hey Arnold 25th anniversary, Danielle Judovitz. The reason, one of the reasons why she couldn't make it was because she was in um uh, a live stream promoting Back for Blood where she's actually one of the main characters. So. I'll give a quick shout out of regarding about that. So yeah, we'll, we'll say Far Cry 6 for this one. Cool. Okay, next nominee, best VR slash AR, virtual reality slash audio reality. For the best game experience played in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform, the nominations are Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2, Lone Echo 2, Resident Evil 4, and Sniper Elite VR. You know what? I've never played I Expect You to Die 2. I've seen I've seen the first one. That's a really cool game. Yeah, I've no, seen like... the first one as well. It was live streamed a lot on twitch yeah and uh, but um you know hitman hitman's my, my beloved assassin game i love hitman 
And uh, in fact, I have 47 even written on the back of my PNE shirt, so that's how much I like it. But, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, there's three there I like. I like Hitman 3. I like I expected to die 2, not even though I've not played it, and uh, Resident Evil 4. So, but as someone who has played Resident Evil 4 on two different consoles and loved every single experience, I think I'll go with Resident Evil 4. Same here. I will go over for Resident Evil 4. I, I remember when I first played that game on the PlayStation 2, and I just absolutely loved it. I did play it on the GameCube as well, but that game was, like, awesome when I first played it. So, yeah, I will go with that one, too. Mm. Okay, next one. Innovation in accessibility, recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played beyond um, and enjoyed by an even wider audience. We have Far Cry 6, Forza uh, Horizon. Before we get into that, is there any particular reason Chevrolet are sponsoring this particular category? Oh. Um, I think that they're going to be sponsoring the actual award ceremony itself. Oh, okay. Then I didn't realize that. Sorry. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the reason why you're seeing it. Anyway, sure. nominations are Far Cry 6, Forza Horizon 5, Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Veil Shadow of the Crown. Well, it's kind of hard because I've not played any of these games, so I don't know in regards to accessibility, like uh, in regards to like, you know, featuring content and stuff like that. Like, uh, that's going to also be enjoyed by a wider audience. I mean, like, uh, huh. Um, yeah, like I, I'd have to, I'd have to play, I'd have to go and flick through all the games and figure out what uh, has better accessibility. I've got to be honest, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is a PS5 game, and considering on how hard that is to find nowadays, I don't know if that's going to be like reaching a major wide audience, unless of course they have PlayStation well, 5. Do, do, by, by accessibility, do they mean that it can be played by disabled people as well? Ooh, maybe that's a possibility because you remember that um, that that announcement that we that we looked at a while ago regarding about Microsoft wanting to help you know disabled people play games easier. Yeah, so it's um, it might be the fact of of that. Also, if if it's but it really depends what you what you say about accessibility. Like, what do they mean by that? Well, I mean, it could accessibility could be anything. It could be releasing in multiple platforms, or it could be like you were saying, it could be easier for people who are disabled to play it. I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's most likely, you know, reaching out to like more people so that they can be able to play it. So I don't know if Rift Apart can count because that's not a PS5 exclusive. And I know that Far Cry Uh 6 is released in multiple platforms. I've seen it on like Steam and Epic Games. And I know that they have it on consoles as well. Forza is the same thing. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm, yeah. Uh, knock on the door. <laughs> so Far Cry 6, like, well, we might, if, we, if we're talking about accessibility in regards to um, the, um, you know, being able to actually access, access it from different consoles, then, you know, fair enough. But uh, that will probably be one. Forza Horizon 5, I can probably imagine, you know, that's Playground Games and Xbox Game studio, that's probably that's played a lot of consoles. I remember um, yeah. when I re- like looking at the list, it's like okay, it's on like Xbox One X and PlayStation Four and Five and PC. So it's like it's available for a lot of consoles and platforms. Uh, yeah, in that case, then I can probably only imagine if Ratchet and Clank is a PS5 exclusive. I don't think it's anything to do with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like uh, again, we, we we would need more clarity in what they mean by accessibility and being enjoyed by a wider audience. Who is the wider audience that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about a wider audience in terms of like, okay, maybe people who don't play games and you want to reach out to the casual audience, 
or I mean that it's pretty vague. So I'm probably just going to skip on this one for now. And uh, maybe, maybe more clarity would, would be nice to know about, but in the meanwhile, let's just move on. So best community support, recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency and responsiveness, including uh, inclusive of social media activity and game updates slash patches. So we have this this pretty much just like how broken is your game and how many people complain about it. Then you have to end up having to fix it all the time. I think that might be the case. (laughs) Or it could be the possibility that maybe it will be like releasing information such as, hey, we're going to release this DLC or um, we're going to release this um, announcement of a tournament or something. But yeah, I think for the most part, for a lot of these, I think it's for patches and updates. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Nominations include Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14 Online, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. I think I'll go with who's um, basically. I think maybe Fortnite probably might be maybe maybe one of them because uh, I mean they have been listening to what fans want and uh, every time they release a character to uh, to play with, they, they seem to uh, you know get a good reaction out of them. So I think. Uh, I can imagine Fortnite's probably giving uh, the fans what they want. So if, I uh, will choose Final Fantasy XIV online because the first version of it was so terrible that they actually destroyed the game, like in the in the storyline where there was a huge meteor that crashed and then the whole thing just completely started over from scratch and then they've been wow. releasing a lot of updates and DLC and all that kind of stuff to make the game a much better experience. So I'm gonna choose that one. Is that? Are you serious? They did. I'm serious. Like the game was so bad that the developers recognized that it was bad. And so they released one final storyline where there was a huge meteor that came down and destroyed the entire earth and the continent. Well, they, they had the continuity carry over, but then they completely started the game from scratch with like, you know, know something, this is this, I'm just trying to think, is this on par or even suppress surpasses that soap opera? That, that guy he killed and then it turns out it's just a dream and she finds him in the shower oh you're like, talking about uh, dallas yeah dallas like you know it, it, does this is this on par or does it uh, does it surpass dallas in like just absurdity in, in a story i've never played the game so i don't know i mean well, dallas I'm, the not, game? I'm not a much of, i'm not I'm, i mean as i mentioned before i don't really care for rpg so i'm not a huge final fantasy fan so i've never even played this i mean that I'm just not sounds absurd huge... i know exactly that just don't just just sitting there and saying that alone that just sounds absurd to me you you put it in storyline that the whole game the whole world just got hit by a meteorite so that's an excuse to rebuild the entire game Yes. No, it's just it's so I can't even what? Yes, like, look, maybe look it up. Look it up. That is just that that I'm so I'm trying to think if that's on par or like if that's actually you know even you know worse explanation than Dallas at the moment. You know what? I mean, it, you know what? I mean, even on par with Roseanne too. It's like there were millionaires. Oh, it turned out to be a dream and Dan died. No, that turned out to be a dream too. Now Roseanne is dead. It's like What's the continuity? Well, yeah, I think uh, the Rosanna thing was so public. I think it can be forgiven, but uh, you know, I don't know. But let's let's uh, anyway. So I'm going to choose Final Fantasy 14 online. Then you'll have Fortnite. So moving on, mm-hmm. next one we have best mobile game for the best game playable on a mobile device. Oh, presented by Verizon, of course. <laughs> Verizon, yeah. Verizon. So presented by Verizon for your phone needs, uh, and the nominations are Fantasian. Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. 
Ooh, I would like to say Pokemon Unite, but I think it's going to be Geshen Impact. I think. Ooh. I mean, Geshen Impact is a good one for sure. Um, I would choose that one too. Yeah, I'm going to choose Geshen Impact. Yeah. All right, next one. Best indie game for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. And the nominations are 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. I've heard of 12 Minutes, but uh, I've never actually seen much of it. But uh, I've heard I heard some people do enjoy 12 Minutes. So maybe that might be the one that might I've be. heard a lot of people talking about Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. So I'm going to choose that one. Yeah. So, uh, well, Kenna, Bridge of looking at the thumbnail. It's pretty cool as well. Yeah. So. Next one. Best ongoing game. Awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player's experience over time. And the nominations are Apex Legends, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Fortnite, Geshen Impact, and Call of Duty Warzone. Good grief. Every single one of these games do, does this really well. Yes, they do this. They have constant updates, constant DLC, constant uh, feeder, uh, I mean, um, feedback from the, the people who are playing it. All of these games have done this. Okay. Um, Apex Legends, I've heard to most talks about amongst my fans and friends recently. Final Fantasy, not so much. Geshin Impact, not so much. Call of Duty Warzone, a little bit, but Fortnite always gets talked about around in my circle. So I think I'll go with that one. Okay. So, uh, okay. That's process of elimination for me. So, sure. Uh, so, my first choice, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this in none of the above, but so, uh, you know, if I, I, I have a first and second choice, would you believe? Uh, I'll go with most of my first choice, would probably be Fortnite. And if that's not going to be the one, then Call of Duty Warzone. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, I will probably choose once again Final Fantasy 14 online, but if not, then I will choose Fortnite. So next one, games for impact for a thought-provoking game for with a pro-social meaning or message. And the nominations are Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Yeah, uh, don't like this. I'm going to choose Life Dungeon. is Strange because I am familiar with that game. Well, isn't Life is Strange a TV show? Is it? Or... No, it's a video game. It's a video game. Okay, then I, I, I don't know what I'm confusing it with. But uh, hmm. maybe Stranger Things. Um, maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't like the sound of Boyfriend Dungeon. Don't know what that's about. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that um that simulation game that we never finished. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's uh yeah I think this even finds out like this is oh, Aaron and Patricia's been a lie like I'm actually not in England. Uh, Patricia's keeping me in a dungeon somewhere, <laughs> and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, down I'm just, there. <laughs> I'm just a plaything, basically. Oh my god. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, none of the above. I don't know any of these games. So. Okay, fair enough. Next one. Next category is best performance awarded for to an individual for voice acting, motion, and or performance capture. Oh, and the nominations oh. are Erica Mori as Alex Chen from Life is Strange: True Colors. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop, Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimis- um, Dimistrecu, I don't know how to pronounce that name, I'm sorry, I haven't played Resident Evil Village, so I'm sorry, and um, Ozio Ma, Ak- um, Ak- I don't know how to pronounce that name, I'm sorry, as uh, Juliana Blake in Deathloop. So this is tough, by the way. 
Because no. I know a lot of people are going to say Maggie Robertson as uh, Lady Dimistrecu from Resident Evil Village, considering of how many people I've seen post about this character online. You know what, actually, I'm actually going to uh, just uh, give you one second. I'm just going to uh, pronounce Dimi... It's even hard to spell. Good grief. I, I, feel like I feel like I'm back at school. Uh, <laughs> D I M. Just to let everybody know that uh, we're, uh, you know, the Sesame Street uh, documentary is going to be coming up soon. So, uh, yes, it is. Max, so, like, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. How to correctly pronounce uh, this word? So, uh, okay. How do you pronounce it? Oh, you got to watch an ad before you get to hear what the pronunciation. What a- <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I, I mean, the Sesame Street uh, documentary, I'm really looking forward to. I mean, I have seen a few of them in my time, but only specifically focusing on, like, um, puppeteers. I've seen the um, Carol Spinney one about Big Bird. I've seen the, Cle- the Kevin Clash one on Elmo. So I have seen a few of those, but I haven't seen one that covers the entirety of Sesame Street. So I'm genuinely excited about that one. Okay, so uh, according to this, um, according to the gamer, um, Lady Dimitrescu. So uh, Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu is actually a Romanian name. Romanian speakers in uh, replies point out that the fans were not far off. Uh, they would pronounce it uh, Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, this is the same to the assumed pronunciation. It's more the emphasis on the coup at the end. So it's uh, Lady Dimitrescu. Okay. So there you go. I have a feeling that because that character has been spread around social media, I'm going to vote for her. Well, I have an argument to make for that. Sure. Um, which one of these characters has actually played uh, the person they voiced in real life? Uh, ooh, that's a good question, actually, because I don't know. I mean, I, I know that some of them did do um, motion capture. Well, so, well, I mean, if you check on YouTube and uh, if you uh, you can actually go and uh, search this up, uh, Gran Carlo Esposito has actually played as Anton Kilisco in the uh, actual uh, promo- promotionals. Okay, so he okay, so he has done it before, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and so as far as I'm concerned, uh, Anton Castello uh, over here is uh, getting my num- getting my getting my pick. Okay. Uh, he's actually cosplayed as his character, so. Which I don't All think, right unless I'm welcome to being wrong, I don't think any of these other uh, voice actors has actually done that. All right, then. So moving on. Cool. Next one is best audio design. Recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. And the nominations are Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. Um, well, Resident Evil Village is always, Resident Evil just in general has always had good music. So, uh, it, even if the voice acting gets a bit cheesy and, uh, oh, unfortunately, I seem to have lost Patricia. So. Yeah, I, I remember that Resident Evil always had, like, really gripping music, except for the director's cut of Resident Evil, which sounds like bad horn music, which is terrible. Yeah, so uh, um, as far as I'm aware, I think uh, Resident Evil Village, even though I've not listened to it, I think he's probably going to get my pick. So. Yeah, I'll probably get my pick, too. I mean, uh, the recent Ratchet & Clank games haven't had exactly, like, stellar music to me, except, you know, with, like, a few exceptions, but not, like, one that I can, like, genuinely, like, listen to on its entirety compared to, like, the older games in the series. So, yeah, I'll probably choose Resident Evil Village. Next one. Best score in music for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. And the nominations are The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy because uh, even though it's like uh, they either end up like on tape plays or Zooms or whatever, like uh, they always have the good music. So. Okay. Yeah, I'll probably do the same thing because I'm, I'm not very familiar with the rest of these games. So, yeah, moving on. Best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. And the nominees are The Artful Escape, Deathloop, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I'll tell you what, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, to get into this, I think is uh, a very good uh, good shout out for uh, the indie scene. But uh, And the uh, same thing with Artful Escape as well. I would say so, yeah. But uh, I mean, well, keep in mind, like uh, the Awful Escape, uh, John Abrahams was uh, Abrams was uh, uh, the uh, director in the uh, in the last one. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, no, I don't know how. I mean, I'm open to being wrong, but uh, I mean, there's nothing like if it has a big name in it. Can it really be counted as an independent? Like, I mean, remember, an independent game um, has to be from a studio that is outside the AAA stuff. So no EA, right. no Midway, no Nintendo, none of that kind of stuff. So yeah. Maybe I'll fall asleep before we count then. So yeah, uh, um, I don't know. I think uh, I mean I look at I look at Ratchet and Clank, and I think well, I mean there's already games designed like with anthropomorphic characters anyway, so there's nothing really to shout out to in regards to that. Psychonauts two is colorful, but you know so there's been some of the other Nintendo games that have been there in the past that have also done that as well. So that's not me. I mean, kind of Bridge of Spirits. I mean, kind of reminds me of Avatar a little bit, really. So it's like it's just it's uh. You know, just looking at it, and uh, you know, Death Loop. I mean, it's. Uh, I guess that's got a like a very, you know, very bright artistic style. Kind of reminds me of Killer Seven a little bit way, but then again, it reminds me of Killer Seven. So like, it's. Uh, I don't think that's kind of like revolution any particular way. And Alpha Escape reminds me of The Sims. So like, uh, I don't know. Best art direction. Um, I don't know. I'd have to walk. On, I'd have to walk on these, to be honest with you. Like, I'm gonna uh, choose Psychonauts too, to be quite honest, because I've always been a huge fan of the um aesthetics of Psychonauts. So I'm gonna choose that one. Okay. Next one is best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in the game. And the nominations are Death Loop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. Uh best narrative. Um Huh. Well, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy has a pretty familiar narrative, so I think uh, I don't know about that. Psychonauts Two, I think, is um, is different. I think in that regard, but uh, mm, I'd say none of the above. I don't think uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. All right, I'm going to choose Life is Strange: True Colors uh, because I do know of how the story is told, so I'll probably choose that one. All right. Next one, best game direction awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. And the nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Okay. Um, I think we are going with uh, best game direction. I mean, uh, again, I've not seen Psychonauts 2, and uh, Ratchet and Clank, you probably imagine, would probably be very familiar, I think, in that regard. So I think. Uh, Huh. Um, you told me that too. You heard about people saying you talk about hits takes two. From uh, I've heard a few. Um, not I'm not in my circle. To be fair, I think it's hits takes two. I think is uh, pretty different. I think from all the other games. So from what I recall, so I mean, uh, I I mean I still will go for either Psychonauts two. Well, or I mean, it's fairly saying. I think it's different, but I'm not so sure. I say it's actually the the best game direction. So I think uh, I don't know. All right so, then, that's fine. All right, and now we come to the final one. The final nomination that is what many people consider to be like the one that everybody tunes into the most. 
game of the year. Game of the Recognizing year. a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. And the nominations are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. This is where I would say Metroid Dread and try and back it up with uh, some kind of theory. So um, Metroid Dread basically is... Uh, well, it is one of, uh, I, I believe, one of Nintendo's biggest franchises, at least it should be, and well, obviously it's not performed all that well, you know, in Japan, and so, which is uh, where Nintendo struggles with the, uh, the, the IP the most. So uh, the idea that Metroid Dread has now walked in and has now grabbed the, not just, you know, one part of the world, but the entire world's attention, I think uh, Metroid Dread, I think, deserves a lot, of, a lot of credit for doing what it's, what it's doing. So I think uh, I would argue that Metroid Dread, I think, deserves Game of the Year. Uh, based on purely on that, on the fact that it's, uh, you know, uh, come back and taken the 2D form and uh, has, uh, you know, got everyone's attention again. So I think, yeah. Uh, sure, and sure. I will say the same thing. I will say that Metroid Dread is game of the year for me because it was a game that I never thought would ever happen. I even said this before E3 that I hope that Nintendo was going to have Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Nintendo Direct. And it came out, and I was happy. I've seen people praise it. I'm going to choose that one. So Metroid Dread is my game of the year. Okay. Right. So um, that is the Game Awards nominations, and uh, we are currently halfway through the show. So, yeah. um, so well, I have the, the winners of the, go- the Golden Joystick well, Awards. Be- before we get into that, I mean, like, uh, I want to address basically what the uh, the rest of the show is. Sorry, all the rest of the episodes of the Iron Patricia show, because we're going into December. And so um, we are potentially planning to go on. Well, basically, we're planning what the next couple of episodes are basically going to be like. And so we're going to have a few surprises for you. But uh, basically, as of this podcast, uh, we were told about uh, the fact that uh, there's a new um, a new tour of the Backstreet Boys currently going on at the moment, which uh, I've uh, we've been we've been talked about. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. And apparently, it's selling a lot of tickets. So um, this is what we're gonna do. Um, if the Backstreet Boys reunion tour ends up being quite successful, then and it ends up being you know where where you know me and Patricia are having to you know kind of cower in our in our homes. Basically, what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna put Aaron and Patricia on hiatus for a couple of weeks, and we are gonna do Dream Machine. And uh, we're going to get all the uh, we're going to get the crudes out of the way. We're going to get uh, uh, Boss Baby out of the way, and uh, we're going to get uh, Spirit out of the way too. So uh, we will basically do uh, Dream Machine. We're uh, on the run up to Christmas, and we'll get those uh, movies out of the way. Um, failing that, we will continue doing Aaron and Patricia up until maybe the end of the year, from the looks of it. And yeah. uh, I think then by the time we get into 2022, we will start off with season three. So, um, yeah, so basically that's how um, Aaron and Patricia is either going to play out. So we'll either keep doing it through December uh, or either that we'll start doing Dream Machine. So we'll do one of the two. So Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Right. Uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about the uh, results of uh, the uh, latest uh, Game Awards ceremony. So Yeah, uh, so the Golden Joystick Awards had happened not too long ago, and... Uh, they have announced their complete winners. So I'm just going to read it out here. So uh, the show that took place on November 23rd is a video game tradition recognizing the talent across the industry that creates experiences that transfix and enrich with the awards decided by public vote. So people actually voted for this, similar to how they're they're doing it for the game awards. 
Um, they also did two extra special categories to commemorate 50 years of gaming, best gaming hardware of all time and ultimate game of all time. They received millions of votes with players coming in the droves to help crown the games they loved over the past 12 months. And this were the winners. You know, you know, there's that one person like who said like I think the Virtual Boy is the uh, the, best, <laughs> the most revolutionary console. No, like, no, no. It, the clear winner was definitely the 3DO. That was the underrated console. You, I, like, I, I like the Philips CDI. I think the Zelda games are revolutionary <laughs> on that console. The Atari Jaguar was the one that had clearly the best graphics. 64-bit graphics before the Nintendo 64. Mm. My mother's blackhead gun was probably the best uh, you know, peripheral. Uh, oh, geez. I don't know. Okay, moving on. So, according to what they said in the Golden Joystick Awards, best storytelling went for Life is Strange True Colors. Mel- multiplayer game went for It Takes Two. The best audio went to Resident Evil Village. The best visual design went to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. The best game expansion went to Ghost of Tsushima. Iki Island expansion was nowhere near the nominations for the Game Awards. So, okay, good on for Ghost of Tsushima because I've heard a lot of people talking good things about it. Uh, They're done by the same studio that did Infamous and the Sly Cooper games. So um, good for them. Uh, The best mobile game of the year was League of Legends Wild Rift. The best gaming hardware was the PlayStation 5. The best indie game was Death's Door. The studio of the year, which wasn't even in the nominations for the Game Awards, is Capcom. The best performer was Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, I guess she won, so we'll see if Giancarlo Esposito is going to win for this one for Far Cry 6. Uh, Breakthrough Award, which was not in the nominations for the Game Awards. House Marquee. The best game community is Final Fantasy XIV. Still playing award is Final Fantasy XIV. The PC game of the year, which again was not in the nominations for the um, game awards, was Hitman 3. Nintendo game of the year was Metroid Dread. Xbox game of the year was Psychonauts 2. PlayStation game of the year was Resident Evil Village. The most wanted game is Elden Ring. The Critics' Choice Award is Deathloop. The ultimate game of the year is Resident Evil Village. And now we're going to talk about the two major ultimates of ultimate hardware of all time and ultimate game of all time. Okay. Tell you what, uh, let's, um, let, yeah, so uh, let's start off with um, the ultimate hardware and uh, then we'll go from there. Okay. The ultimate hardware of all time is the PC. I agree. I think... Uh, you know, um, from the very beginning, from from my experience in gaming, I started off on the DOS, and it was Lemmings, and it was like Pod, and it was like uh, you know various other uh, you know flight simulator, and uh, like uh, you know that was me at the tender age of four or five years old, and uh, that was my first kind of gaming experience. And then we went to the three point one, and uh, then it ended up being football games, and it ended up being uh, you know adventure games. And uh, it ended up being uh, various other, uh, you know, Minesweeper also was one of them too. Like even the smallest, like even like things like, you know, even like, you know, uh, things like Minesweeper and Solitaire, 
you know, like yeah. uh, the, you know, and the, pinball the, too, and I, ski free. Exactly, you know, like uh, all the games that you know, all the receptionists you know, around the office buildings around the world play. Like you know, when they're waiting for answer the phone or answer like a call or something like that. You know, like uh, those games. You know, all are on the PC, and uh, then it went for me. Went from you know, it didn't even change from the PC. You know, I went from Windows ninety five. Went to uh, you know, we're playing you know, World Cup ninety eight. I'm playing that, and uh, then you know, there's all these other you know action games that I was playing on there too. And you can still you know swap back from the DOS. It was even back, you know, it was even back with compatible as well. Like keep this in mind. Like you know, all the DOS games you could have played back in the day because I still play on the Windows ninety five and Windows ninety eight. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't like the proper. Like, you know, it was just kind of sitting on top of the operator, you know, the, uh, the the OS at the time. And um, then, you know, we've just been Windows the entire time since XP and, uh, you know, all, all these other, uh, you know, these. And it's not just like, you know, the gaming experience. It's just, you know, it's just also being able to create the gaming experience, too. You know, like uh, there's a lot more, you know, uh, edibility in uh, in the PC, and you know, PCs were used to design the games themselves. So, yeah, exactly. the uh, The PC has been the most revolutionary and the most uh, incredible uh, gaming device that we, I think, will ever see. I don't think anything yeah. was on the PC, quite frankly. You know, like, yeah, they, I they've tried, a... they've tried, <laughs> and uh, they've failed. Uh, so the PC today still stands. In regards to that, whether it be in laptop form or whether it be in other forms, but as far as I'm aware, there's no other device out there that can provide the gaming experience that the PC can right now. Yeah, um, I became uh, more of a PC person over the past ten years, ever since I got a Steam account. I mean, I did play some PC games like when I was a kid, like whenever that we had like computer classes in um, my old elementary school. We would have things like uh, Oregon Trail or Carmen San Diego or Midnight Rescue or Number Munchers, but uh, you know those were like entertainment games, and those were like huge in the nineties. I didn't really become like- Carmen San Diego. Well, well, I mean, there's loads of Carmen San Diego games. Which one did you play? Um, we're in the world and where in time. I think those were the ones. Where well, in the I, world I, is? I play. We. I play. Where in the world? I'm not playing. Where in time? So uh, I think. Uh... Yeah. yeah, we're in time was like around the later part of the 90s where the game show was like hugely popular. So, I mean, and not to say anything bad about the, the game show of we're in time. I mean, I know uh, it, it, it couldn't top we're in the world, especially when it came to like the host and the budget and all that kind of stuff. But for what it was, I think it was pretty commendable. You know, I think uh, was there ever a comment on the game that came out for the Netflix series? Thinking about uh, I think that there was like a brief one but not like a major full game for it oh, because... that, that, that needs to change like you know after the uh after the success of like you know the, the netflix series you know surely there should be a game based on it i mean there was like a tiny game that was like around google but it was like really quick and not yeah, really tiny much... game you know yeah like, tiny yeah. game yeah yeah so i like, guess it's, it's, it's uh you know back in back in the 90s i guarantee you if it comes in san diego uh or will like if the netflix series came out like in the 90s it would definitely get like a super nintendo or a, or a sega genesis game or something like that. Same with the Owl House too. I think you know where if uh, that had come out, I think I'm sure that would have stirred the imaginations of a lot of game developers. And I guarantee you, Capcom probably would have done the Super Nintendo version, and Virgin Games would have done the uh, the Genesis version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we would have had like 
you know, an 8-bit version of the theme song. And then we would have like a um, a 3D, uh, like a, a action platformer with like loose using glyphs and, you mm-hmm. know, taking down like uh, various bosses. Like we have one where Lilith is the fi- uh, the first boss and maybe yeah. we'd have Emperor Bellows. And- I just think it's disappointing today that, you know, people just say, oh, let's just release a mobile game and then everyone will be happy. You know, like, mm. uh, you know, uh, Diablo is, uh, you know, sta- standing to say, you know, I know, <laughs> I, I know we go about about it all the time, but still, you know, like, uh, who gets excited about a mobile game? Nobody gets excited about a mobile game. Some people it's, who do, but it, not not as much as like a PC or a console game. Yeah, but it's like a mobile game is a nice to have, but it shouldn't just be the game. You know, like uh, same with Owl House Witch's Apprentice. Like, you know, not saying that. Uh, you know, it's uh, fun for like you know two minutes, but uh, you know, like you really want an immersive like you know adventure experience that you experience in the show. Same with Amphibia. Yeah. Same with Gravity Falls. If you did games about them, you would expect to be uh, you know in an immersive. And maybe that's probably the reason why we don't see you know games like that anymore. Like maybe more the imaginative the show. Maybe the less likely there's going to be a game about it. Maybe I don't know. So I just think because you know like. Uh, Maybe Disney just wants to be like, oh, Kingdom, you got Kingdom Hearts, you know, like uh, I'm sure there'll be a Kingdom uh, Hearts. Come on, Kingdom Hearts is not enough, and especially since we have to wait like every five or six years for that game, exactly. or in Kingdom Hearts three case fifteen. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but that's beside the point. So yeah, um, now let's go over to what was considered to be, according to the vote, the ultimate game of all time, and the ultimate game of all time is Dark Souls. Uh, really? Yes. The ultra Dark Souls is the ultimate game of all time. Yes. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Like uh, Dark Souls, is, from what I understand, is a well is a uh, is a frustrating game, from what I understand from people. But uh, they do it is addictive and like to play it. But uh, I mean, so is cigarettes. But uh, you know, we don't necessarily say that's the best product of all time, do we? So um, I mean, the best game, at least in my opinion, is Doom. You know, the original Doom. And um, probably even with Doom 2. I think Doom is definitely like, you know, the it was revolutionary in so many ways. You know, like, uh, how on earth could Doom not be the greatest game of all time? Mm. Like, just- well, I, I don't know because of what I would choose per se, because there's a lot of categories to what I would consider to be like. The what were the nominations? Can you look up for the nominations? What were the nominations? Well, I mean, the, here's the thing there are no nominations because remember, these were voted on. So I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure there was like a blank space for like people to write on it, but oh I could try God. to see if I no, can. No, you it. need to. No, they, they needed to be a category. They need to be categories. I said, no, not categories. Sorry to say, but uh, they needed to be nominations, I think, uh, for this. Like, you know, of course, people are going to say Dark Souls. You know, like uh, if, uh, for, you know, it's a day. I guarantee you, if they did this in the 90s, I guarantee you they did this in the 2000s, and I guarantee you, if you did this in Okay, like, okay, in I, I was 20s. wrong. There are there were nominations. I'm sorry. What were the nominations? Okay, Doom was one of them. You were right. Okay. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, well, yeah, okay. Half-Life 2. Yeah, definitely. Minecraft. Definitely. Street Fighter 2. Mm, definitely. Tetris. Mm, maybe for like, it has appeared in a lot of, I don't know, like it didn't really, you know, it didn't really like move on. Tetris didn't really move on to like do anything different, did it? I mean, like, it was Tetris 3D, but you know, what did Tetris I mean, do it again? was able to popularize the puzzle genre. Well, I mean, like, Pong was able to like popularize, you know, putting games on TV, but you know, like, uh, it's, uh, it didn't really, Pong didn't really go anywhere else after that, did it? So. Well, I mean, it wasn't nominated, so. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, next one. The Last of Us. Um, not played it. I have. It's amazing. It really just broadened out what storytelling was in terms of games. Oh so. wait, is that that? Is that that? Um, what we call it? That that then that Telltale Games. Then no, that's the Walking Dead. Oh, the Walking You're, Dead. No, the Last of Us is Naughty Dog. That I mean, it might as well be like the, the you know uh, the Walking Dead because it does feature a post-apocalyptic world involving with like instead of zombies, it's yeah, like so the, reason I, the reason I uh, said the Walking Dead because I I, I thought that uh, it's uh, popularized like you know those types of games of like uh, you know uh, you have to like do certain things or else you like you affect the environment around you. Okay, so. no, that that's that's Walking Dead. Yeah, sorry, I thought it was that. That's okay. Next one is Super Mario sixty four. Um, hmm. you know, it was like, it wasn't like the first, actually, I'm trying to think 3D platformers, like it was a 3D platformer, but like, it wasn't, you know, then there was Crash Bandicoot and then there was like, uh, you know, other games that were sort of like that. So like, it wasn't, um, like, you know, it, yeah, it was immersive, but you know, other games also did that too. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm not the biggest Super Mario 64 fan. I mean, everybody knows about this. I'm not I mean, I'm more of a Crash Bandicoot or Spyro the Dragon fan. So, I mean, I understand. I give it respect that it was able to, like, set the standard of what a 3D platformer would be. But I'm not the biggest fan of that game. So, mm -hmm. moving on. Metal Gear Solid. Um, yeah, I think you could say that. I mean, Metal Gear Solid was, I mean... Uh, it was the uh, you know, before you popularized you had... the, the stealth genre and also yeah, exactly, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. And so, before you had Sam Fisher in you know, Splinter Cell, you know, like uh, that was the game you, you know, you're sneaking around trying to, like, you know, yeah. and like, uh, then you went into that freaking hallway, all like the trap doors and stuff like that, you're falling down them, like, yeah. Uh, okay, so the next one is um, Halo Combat Evolved. Um, mm, I Halo was another first person shooter but it was like it was a more put together first person shooter i would say so it didn't necessarily i mean it was a lot of people got got into it but i wouldn't necessarily say that you know master chief was like or like uh, the uh nah i like uh, you know again i would say that doom had to kind of come around before master chief kind of came around so, I would say that the reason why Halo Combat Evolved was huge was not only because of the story, but also because it brought in multiplayer, which I think that was able to like really stretch out. But then again, GoldenEye did the same thing. But well, no, uh, God, anyway. GoldenEye wasn't online. Halo Combat Evolved. Halo Combat Evolved. I mean, the way that it expanded the multiplayer experience is that you could link multiple Xboxes together, and you could have like you, know, you could have like you know the sixteen player like you know, uh, land play and stuff like that. So um, that's the reason why I guess you could say Halo from a multiplayer perspective did expand upon what GoldenEye had probably, you know, done to begin with and various other shooting games. Keep in mind, um, you know, uh, I'm sure we said this in the past, you know, games that we used to play, you know, you'd need four other people in the same room with four controllers and all have to play on split screen. And I see that's like what certain corners of that. And like, yeah. it was always funny when uh, you ended up, uh, you know, on the wrong side of the corner of the same thing you're doing really well and then realized you're actually playing on the other side of the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, memories. But uh, I mean, Halo Combat Evolved, I mean, yeah, in some instances, but in regards to like the first person shooting genre, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that the experience was any different from like playing any other first person shooting game, really. But that's just me. Mm -hmm. uh, next one is Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, it's a Super Mario game, you know, like uh, there's a lot of those. 
<laughs> I mean, to be fair, Super Mario Brothers three set the standard of what would be like an excellent. Oh, Mario you game. mean uh, you mean like sorry, I was I thought you were referring to another uh, Super Mario Brothers three. There's a lot, there's a lot of Mario games. So, um, yeah, Super Mario three on the NES, yeah, definitely. Yes. Like uh, it was, uh, he had a he had a movie about it for crying out loud. So like <laughs> the uh, wizard, yes, which wizard, I did talk yeah. about last year on a podcast. Yeah, so. Uh, the uh, obviously they you know you you well, that's the reason why people want to watch the wizard they want to know how to complete Super Mario Brothers three in like the quickest way possible so mm-hmm. uh, that's um, that was that and uh, yeah it was um, it, I would say in, you know it then moved on to Super Mario World afterwards and uh, yes. Super Mario World then kind of you know jumped on from that but I think the Super Mario Brothers three needs to exist before Super Mario World did so yeah definitely in regards to Mario it definitely moved forward yeah next one is Grand Theft Auto five um. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I would say Grand Theft Auto Five, but uh, I mean, for there to be Grand Theft Auto Five, they need to be Grand Theft Auto to begin with. So, like, I would say yeah. the original GTA is pretty revolutionary in itself. Also, yeah, the original like, GTA, and then you had uh, Grand Theft Auto Three, which was able to move it to 3D and made it more sandbox. And then there were a lot of other games that were trying to be like that, like Driver and Saints Row. So, Grand yeah. Theft Auto Five was like the one well, that Driver like, really... Saints Row. I would definitely say you know uh, would not have existed without Grand Theft Auto. You know, starting off, but Driver. I mean, Driver was more about you know just driving the car it wasn't necessarily like you know getting out and doing like different missions and stuff like that so i think yeah uh, you know uh, driver i don't think necessarily was also you kind of like uh, driver was more kind of like a more you know rough housing kind of uh, like you know i don't know i don't think it'd be fair to compare it to carmageddon i think carmageddon i think it was a uh, a far more violent game and uh, though i think it was a bit more crazy and nonsensical but uh, i think uh, you know I don't know. I think I think Driver. I think uh, stands on its own. I think is like its own game series, and it doesn't need, it doesn't need to see Grand Theft Auto to kind of like lead the way. But that's just me. Okay then. So the next one is Portal. Um, Portal. Yeah, because uh, I mean, you didn't really have any games where. I mean, keep in mind this was like the first Source game that came out where you didn't have a projector. You didn't have like a weapon that was there to like you know blow things up and like kill things or anything like that basically it was a portal gun you had to like solve riddles in a room so or like solve puzzles in, in that regard so in, you had uh, this portal gun so yeah that was revolutionary in itself you know mm-hmm. it was like one of the source games that was like hey you don't need a violent weapon to kind of like you know get your way through this you can get through this by using your brain you know what a what a concept <laughs> yeah all right uh, I love Portal. I remember when the game first came out. I remember that I was so enthralled with like trying to solve each of the puzzles and GLaDOS was always like a highlight for me and the whole Kick is Alive meme was just spread around like crazy for a while and then obviously like the music was was excellent as well. I mean, you know, Still Alive is still a, a lot of people's like favorite ending credits for a song. So yeah, I, I mean, Portal was definitely a game that was like huge when it first came out and um, not a lot of people really talked too much about it since then because, you know, of the fact that Valve is hasn't released like a Portal 3, which I know a lot of people were want to get into but um yeah portal's still I a great I think, game. I think ricochet 2 is on the way so i think uh, that's the reason why <laughs> oh i got there. it okay all right then Fair well, enough. Uh, you know well uh, hello my name is glados time for taking <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe that you're still alive you monster <laughs> the cake is a lie you were fooled okay moving on the next one is call of duty for modern warfare um definitely yeah i would say call of duty 4 i think uh, definitely you know ratcheted up call of duty to a point where you know even even like uh, you know when they released the new golden eye 
uh, after you know on on the Nintendo console, it ended up kind of like being like Call of Duty, you know. Just yeah, with, I remember. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. So mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I mean, even Call of Duty's engine itself, you know, uh, um, inspired like you know kind of copycat games. So I think, uh, and also it was pretty solid in itself. But uh, I never really talked to Call of Duty for all that much. I was still a Counter Strike person at that time. As for me, I mean, I only played Call of Duty during like tournaments when I was in college, so I don't really have too much of like knowing the story or any, or anything outside of that. So, yeah, sorry everyone, can't really say too much about Call of Duty other than you know I've seen a lot of people play it online, but I myself never got to play it that much. Yeah. Also, I was so. Ghost, I was Ghost Recon as well, Advanced Warfighter, and uh, oh, okay, so Brawl and Brawl too. So, okay, cool. Next one is Pac Man. Pac-Man, um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, everyone wanted to play Pac-Man back in the day, and uh, Nintendo stupidly decided to try and bring it onto their console, and then, uh, oh no, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Nintendo, was it? It was uh, Atari. Yeah, Atari, everyone was, like, wanting to play uh, Pac-Man in their own home, so Atari did what was a uh, pilot version of, 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 of Pac-Man, and decided to actually make it the main game. Which was stupid. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, yeah, so they fooled a lot yeah. of people into thinking that they were playing, you know, the Pac-Man. When in actual fact, all they were doing was just kind of like playing, like uh, whatever they stuck together in post. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and still to this day, Pac-Man is still like a classic in t- in terms of like um, all the games that would be coming out. Um, we, you know, it pretty much popularized like arcade games, and it was it was a game that invented power-ups. And um, you know, Pac-Man is such a universal character that has stood the test of time. So even, even uh, it's, it's even, funny even because to... you remember the museum that um, that we went to when you came over to visit Aaron, the uh, the Space and Rocket Museum. Yeah. They have a section where they have Pac-Man celebrating its legacy. Yeah. Well, here's in mind, like even to this day, Namco still has uh, Pac-Man as its uh, as its mascot. So yeah. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Next one is Super Mario Kart. Um, well, Mario Kart was more an accident than it was like. You know, mind you, I guess uh, that's not very fair to kind of count against it. So, I mean, uh, Mario Kart. They just needed a game that was basically just a racing game to, you know, for the Super Nintendo. And so um, Mario Kart, you know, came around because of that. And actually, originally, it wasn't even supposed to be Mario Kart. It was just supposed to be kind of like just a generic driving game. But then they found that uh, the characters that they made for the driving game just wasn't, you know, they weren't all that kind of recognizable. So what they did was that uh, they put Mario characters in there instead. And then they uh, rebranded it to Mario Kart and uh, the rest is history. And uh, so it is a, still a massively fun game. The one thing I would say is that um, Super Mario Kart, I think, um, from a multiplayer perspective, was kind of restricted because obviously you only had the two players. But mind you, a lot of games at that time, you know, until, you know, the multi-tap, uh, you know, uh, adapt extension started coming in, like, which is two players. So, like, it wasn't like, uh, you know, you couldn't necessarily do, uh, you know, four player with uh, Super Mario Kart, like, uh, you know, with the same way you could do like five players with uh, FIFA International Soccer, because I don't think the, the technology was there for it yet when it first arrived. But, uh, you know, right. I think mean, give it some work. And uh, I'm really, you know, one thing I would have liked to have seen is that they did a Mario Kart 2, and it's actually Super Mario Kart 2, and they, they reduced four players with multi tap. That would be pretty cool to do. So. Well, that's just me. Yeah, but I guess maybe knowing Miyamoto, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the we, we need to make room for the Nintendo 64, so we're going to move it over to there. And no, no, now we have Mario Kart 64. Exactly. 
anyway, but yeah, I've always been one of those people. I, I kind of agree with what quarter guy said that super Mario Kart is like first game syndrome in which like every game that came out afterwards was able to improve and make it better. I played Mario Kart eight ultimate recently on my cousin's house for the switch. And it is so much fun. I loved the controls of it. I love the graphics and the way that the variety of uh, different um, uh, race tracks were. So it's a great game. And like, like playing Super Mario Kart on the um, the Super Nintendo Classic that you gave me for Christmas, it's like, wow, we've come a very long way. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one is Space Invaders. Um, oh, yeah. Like, uh, that's basically been, you know, it's... Uh... And if you ever notice that every time they do like this thing where they like want to go back like in like in TV shows that they want to go back to like in like time machines and stuff like that like those crazy like sitcoms and stuff like that they always mention yeah, Space yeah, Invaders yeah. like in that time so uh, yeah Space Invaders and also it was mentioned in uh, Futurama as well if you remember in that yeah the Futurama game. episode where Fry was trying yeah. to like save the world by playing Space Invaders exactly so like uh, Space Invaders is just is uh, encapsulated has been in pop culture so yeah I think it's that's deserved so. yeah. Okay, uh, we got uh, two more to go. The next one is SimCity. Ooh, I have a bias towards SimCity. Not necessarily the original game. I know a lot of people love the original game, definitely on the on Super Nintendo, because obviously they have that uh, more fun characters and they have like, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot more of a uh, fun game in that regard. But uh, uh, for me, SimCity 2000 is my all-time favorite SimCity game. You know, like uh, I love SimCity, and when the deluxe edition came out, I loved it. Uh, I played it all the time on uh, when I got when I had the uh, Windows ninety five and Windows ninety eight. Oh my, you could not get me off that game. Seriously, it was uh, it was awesome. So That's uh, right. yeah, the uh, the one thing I always uh, struggled with, and uh, mind you, I got you know when you played it like you know, a dozen times, and so like you know you've bankrupted multiple multiple cities, and then you find you, know, you can just start a new one, and you can learn from the. Uh, mistakes of the past so like i didn't realize you know it's only a couple of goes to realize you know that you got these like little like uh uh little meters like uh, on, on the toolbar so you got one for residential one for community for um uh for commercial and one for industrial and you have to like as those ones go up there's actually more demand for that i didn't realize that when i first started playing it because i just like built equal like amounts of like land for like you know your houses and like your commercial and uh, free industrial and i thought why is this city not growing why is it not doing anything and then i realized you're not meeting the demand for what the city actually needs and uh, the one thing i hate though is that uh, you'd always read the newspapers and they're like you're like i i would really like to invite someone out there who here has ever got a uh, a newspaper that's over like you know got like you know a hundred percent like uh, you know respectability of the newspapers or like people not complaining about like traffic and like you know the pollution and stuff like that. They're always complaining about stuff in the newspapers. Mm. You know when I when I was reading and like you know I, I was for some reason I was always an unpopular mayor, but they never got rid of me when I was playing the game when I was playing the game right. So it was just it's uh, I never got I've never got to the point where. I can keep a city going, but people will just keep complaining about all sorts of stuff. You know, like, I don't know if it's actually possible in the game to actually stop them from complaining from that without using cheats, by the way. Gotcha. Um, yeah. All right. And the last one is Pokemon Go. Um, well, you know what? I think in regards to uh, Nintendo making a, a, a dash to mobile, by the way, also um, Hillary Clinton, who when she did the president company, did that, you know, uh, everyone needs to go to the Pokemon Go, go to the polls or something like that. I remember saying. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, uh, but you know, Pokemon Go, I mean, it got kids outside and uh, it took the, also the, what they did, they specifically put the gymnasiums actually in places where, you know, you'd want to go out and visit. So mm-hmm. like, uh, it was smart of Nintendo to do that. 
The only thing I really hate about it is that uh, you know you just walk around your neighborhood, neighborhoods, you just see like all these like rats Pokemon and like all these like all uh, you know bird poke, you know pigeon Pokemon and stuff like that. It's kind of like you know what are you saying about my city, Nintendo? Like <laughs> you know, it's like it's infested with like rats and pigeons and stuff like that. It's like you know just it's. Uh, I guess maybe they're like saying you know yeah get out of your like you 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 know your you know your rat trap and probably like go out and like visit places maybe. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Pokemon Go was good in that regard. So uh, yeah. Uh, so. Hmm. Yeah, so out of all of the games that we listed, the winner of the ultimate game of all time was Dark Souls. I don't agree. I'm willing, I, anyone's going to pin me up on that, but I don't agree that Dark Souls is like the, uh, the, you know, the best game of all time. That's, uh, no, that's wrong. <laughs> all right, well, I mean, that's your opinion, but yeah, that's pretty much it when it comes to the Golden Joystick Awards, so we see what the winners were of that, and then, and then um, now the, um, the uh, from what I understand, the uh, Golden, uh, no, the Game Awards is going to be in 10 days from now, which means it's going to be on the 7th of December. So that means not next week, but the following week, we'll probably talk to you about who the winners were of the Game Awards. Well, actually, I'm just thinking about that because uh, the following week, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, when we're going to be, I mean, because I'm, I'm just having a look at the dates. I do apologize, everybody, that we're doing production of the show in, uh, in the middle of all this because, uh, so, yes, yeah, so the next show is going to be the 5th and then the show after that's going to be the 12th I could probably imagine. So, yes. uh, yeah, actually, tell you what, actually, that's the that's the couple of days before. Obviously, we're deciding whether we're going to be, you know, torturing ourselves a dream machine or if uh, we're going to be, uh, you know, seeing off the year with uh, more Iron Fist episodes. So, uh, yeah, well, it will have to let you know. So. Yeah, we'll have to let you know. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, uh, enjoy your week, and uh, we will catch you uh, with the uh, results of uh, the uh, Game Awards, you know, the week after, and uh, then we'll continue on going on as normal. So, all right cool. then. So, until then, everybody, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. So, take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye.